oh no, let's go. I'm scared. This is a different kind of show. We're not recapping anything. Ah. Ah. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back and happy holidays to the Issues Program. This is a very special episode of the Issues Program. We're not recapping an episode. We're recapping a year of television. This is, in fact, the top 10 episode television moments of 2014. And I'm not here alone. I'm here with my co-host uh, for the post-episode Issues here at the Issues Program, Joe Dirty Locks. How are you doing today, Joe? Very well. It's good to see you all. Well, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here, and happy holidays to you too, Joe. Did you do you light a menorah today? No, no, I don't light menorahs. I don't put up trees. I uh, do you I'm do? Too, I'm too mudded in my cultural background to do you pay do, attention to any of it. Do you do anything with bushes? Is there a, is there a no, bush? There's no bushes. There's no Hanukkahs. There's no trees. There's no Christmases. There's no Kwanzas. There's no balls. There's nothing. No balls, folks. No balls on Joe's end. Everything is just winter festival. (laughs) So everybody, if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, most likely that isn't the case. You're probably one of the people that have tuned into one of our recaps. But if not, we recap a lot of uh, the episodes that we watch of television shows. But tonight, we won't just be talking about the shows that we recap. We're going to be talking about a lot of our favorite moments of the year. Some moments that weren't our favorite moments I might be discussing on my top 10 list. Joe and I are both going to get our top 10 list, and then we're going to join together like Voltron and try to agree. <laughs> we're, we're, going to, we're going to Voltron our lists together into one list to rule them all, uh, one list to bind them. And in, in the darkness of the internet, you're going to find our list, the greatest list of, of the year. So we're going yep. to do it. Let, let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. We've been, uh, we're a little scared, a little nervous, because usually we have a whole episode to talk about. This is all us. You're just going to have to deal with a lot of us tonight. Yep. There's no, there's no external content aside from what we remember. Yeah, well. Like, essentially. Well, I think the important thing, too, is also you guys all have your own favorite television moments and your favorite moments or crazy things that happened this year on television. You better share with us, especially because we know you're not going to agree with everything, although we'd like to hope you would. Right. So please share it away in the comment section whenever you watch this of what you thought about this episode. And like I said, if this is your first time here, thank you very much. And please hit that subscribe button. If it isn't it, around the holidays, share our videos with a friend. We, we would really appreciate that if you're one of our longtime listeners. So anyways, we'll get a... What you got to also remember is I, I don't watch a lot of shows. Like there's a lot of shows I don't watch. So... Yeah, give the gift of issues. You know? Yeah, the gift of issues this holiday don't, don't season. Don't make a drama, just make it issues. <laughs> hey, I like that. I like that. Speaking of Johnny drama, I saw the uh, I saw the trailer for the Entourage movie. Speaking of a show uh, today, it should be interesting. So uh, there's a lot of things that happened this year that didn't quite make our list. Ren Redwood, we love you too. Thank you so much for all our support, all all yes, our support, you. all your support for us this year. You've been one of our greatest listeners, and we really appreciate you taking part in tonight's episode by having your choices, which ironically, or not so ironically, are very close to two of the choices, spoiler alert, that are in Joe and I's list towards the top of the list. Uh, but but we want to play you a couple of couple of choices that were right on the edge for both of us. Things that didn't... Runners up. 
runners up, things that didn't quite make the list before we get into what we're going to talk about. One of them, one of them is a very important one that I think I, I really enjoyed this year. And uh, it was something that surprised me because I didn't know that it was coming and I just turned on the television and it happened to be there. So this is my first runner, runner up for the year. First met you, I thought, hey, I love this guy. This is the funniest guy I've ever met. I'm going to quote this guy to all my friends. I love his town. I love his family. But now, I think I speak for all of us when I say, I am over the Simpsons. <gasps> well, what are you saying? I'm saying the Simpsons suck. Well, you. Oh, yes, yes. The Simpsons and Family Guy moment. And it's not to be topped by... Ooh. <laughs> Don't drink my loved ones! Don't! Oh, bite my shiny metal ass! A robot with a catchphrase! The hey, Homer, you gonna kiss him? Or the Simpsons and Futurama, Simpsorama, which was another amazing moment this year that I loved. The two crossovers with The Simpsons. It breathed life into The Simpsons for me again, something I'm not, I haven't been into in years and I was way into as a kid. The two crossovers this year, especially the Futurama one, was even more strong for me. Uh, just really helped uh, reignite my love for The Simpsons. And it didn't quite make the list, but I think both those were very important moments for me in 2014, Joe. I didn't see them. I wanted to see them, and then I just forgot about them and missed them. Um, I thought when you started playing the, the, the Family Guy clip, I thought you were going to be playing the Brian is Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think was that, that might have been last year. Uh, thrown out there. For, but I thought it was just all a gimmick, and they brought him back, so you can't even – it might get – it gets this little bit of a mention, but – and uh, for some of Joe's runners-up and my runner-up, to be completely honest with anybody watching the show, we joked about this. I needed to struggle, and I really went out of my way to put some in that, to, to put a wide array. Joe and I easily could have made a top 10 list of just our favorite Game of Thrones moments this year. And it would easily surpass most of the moments from other teams. Yeah, I, I have to be so honest. Some... I was done with my list, all of my honorable mentions were Game of Thrones. And then I had to say just basically... The whole Game of Thrones season is like the best moment on TV in the and year. Joe, all that ten episodes are better than any singular episode just about from almost any other show on television. <laughs> Joe, that was the unfortunate thing for me too. I made my list out. I wrote my list out, and I just wrote it as as is, as how I felt. And seven of the top ten were all Game of Thrones ones. And I'm like, I need to take some of these out. But here's some Game of Thrones runner-up moments. <laughs> I have only loved one woman. One woman, Joe. One woman. Only one. My entire life. This should. This is the real legend. Your sister. What? Ooh. Oh my God! Yes. Now that was a very satisfying. You know, it, all the Game of Thrones moments that happened, I pretty much knew were coming. I read the books, but. Each and every single time and each and every single one, you know, that's it. exception of season one. I saw the season before I started reading any of the books, but, you know, a complete shock. Even though you know it's coming, it's still a complete shock. It's still, you know, all the drama and buildup is, is amazing. If, it, acting if it was any other season of any other show, that would be the best moment of the year. But there's a couple of other moments just this season that that were way better than that. 
And another wonderful runner-up we have. I always wanted some Valerian steel. Come with me, Arya. Safety! Where the fuck's that? Her auntie Neary's dead. Her mother's dead. Her father's dead. Her brother's dead. Winterfell's a pile of rubble. Yep. There's no safety, you dumb bitch. <laughs> love, love that. Love it. That by now. Love. This was a this was a great moment. That wasn't in the books. That was one of my favorite mo moments of the year. Well, it, it's kind of in the books. Aye, it's, that's what I'm doing. It's mashed with something that isn't. And this goes also into one of Joe's other other runner-up moments where at the end of all of this, Arya just leaves the hound there to- Oh, was that the, was that the brawl between- Kill me! Okay. Start yeah. of it. The start- The start, start of the, the it was the start of the brawl between Brienne and the hound. Right, yeah. That was, yep. Kill me! Just someone kill which him. Was, which was an, yeah, which was an epic brawl, by the way. Sure, this is the hound, one of the most feared uh, characters in all, you know, all of the entire realm, and this woman who has been largely just made fun of and teased and disrespected every step of the way, and only shown kindness by, you know, uh, very few Starks and and one Lannister or two Lannisters that. It's just such a great battle. It's such a great scene. It really shows the power and strength and honor that that this uh, character Brianna Tarth had, and um, just a brutal scene. It was oh, very great, very great well fight. Done. One of the best fighting scenes in the whole entire uh, from begin from beginning to end of the Game of Thrones television series. It was just filmed really awesome. It was a really bloody, awesome battle between the two of them, and I think. Definitely a runner-up moment, and another runner-up moment we could throw in is the Battle right, of the Wall. Can I just say, the one problem I had with that moment in Afterthought, and I didn't mention this when we saw it, is that, you know, Podrick Payne is standing off in the background watching Brienne brawl with the Hound, which has gotten to be an amazing sight, fully expecting her to die within seconds of starting this fight. This is a kid who valiantly is, uh, is there for Tyrion during the Blackwater and takes out a, a Kingsguard, I believe, on Tyrion's behalf, that they kind of made him really drop the ball. It was, a, a, it was like the what they did with Sam, Tar Sam Tarly, and they took away some moments that really made him uh, a brave and noble kind of They made him a little craven? They made him a little right, craven? Where they made this part up for Brianna Tarth and Podrick and the Hound and Arya, I feel like they should have at least given Podrick, he shouldn't have at least lost the horses. Sure, maybe he loses track of Arya because she's a little ninja girl, you know, a little cat in the alley and stuff, but not not losing track of, uh, oh no, the horses were already gone. So yeah, not losing track of Arya. And just, it was a little a little disappointing. They could have had him like chase her down. Or, the problem is they're playing... It doesn't work with the story though. The problem is they're playing up Podrick for for comedic value at this point with him and with him and Brienne as the odd couple sort of thing. It's they're doing it as right. another odd couple and look up. I think it's all brilliant. So. Uh, Ren Renwood adds little finger foreshadowing for Eliza. When you find yourself in bed with an ugly woman, best close your eyes and get it over with. <laughs> it's very, it's I don't think can really be like, I think he's doing not much with his, uh, I think he's lost most of his genitalia in that. <laughs> by, uh, by uh, the Tully. The Tully, the oldest Tully boy. 
So, and we also have to mention as two other Game of Thrones moments that I don't have audio clips for that are worth talking about. The Battle of the Wall, which was an excellently filmed action uh, episode. The giants, the scythe on the side and everything. of the wall. And, everything. and the baby from Craster's Keep getting turned by the Night's King or whatever the hell that no, thing was. I didn't like it. I, I liked like it. it. I liked it. Damn it. I didn't like it. Okay, so let's get into our actual top 10 list. I was going to play some music here, but I don't have it on cue. So, actual top. Wasn't that there was one more thing I wanted to. And what was your what was your last one? Nope, that was we covered them all. Yeah, I think I I think I got him. I think I got our. So, Joe, should we flip? Do you want to start first, or should I start? Well, I know what mine is. I've been I'm. So and you know what mine? Okay, my number ten. I'll start with mine. My number ten comes from the Daily Show with John Stewart, but without John Stewart, with John Oliver co-hosting. I know it's a it's not that huge of a show. A lot of people don't watch it, but this was John Oliver's chance. He had three months, four months over the summer to to host the Daily Show, take over for John Stewart while he went out to film uh, Rosewater, a movie about an Iranian. Yeah, I've heard good. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Anyway. One of the days during these three months, the studio lost power. And mm-hmm. rather than just calling it and saying, okay, we're not going to do a show today, he, he and the crew stayed and filmed in a dark studio, all on battery power and stuff. And they made – it was a really good episode. It, it worked. All in all, his three months there were incredible. It really it led to him getting, getting that his, his show. show. Yeah, which so, – and Joe, we have this for you right now. To the Daily Show, uh, you might notice things look a little bit weird. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, at the end of the last segment, basically the studio exploded. <laughs> uh, we lost all power to our cameras and monitors, and it seems that I now have officially broken the Daily Show. <laughs> uh, so we're now we're now doing the, the show on these two handhelds, to all intents and purposes, cameras, and I'm joined by the incredible Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Is your moment of zen. <laughs> awesome pick for number ten, Joe. Yeah, incre- incredible. I think John Oliver. He's done a great job in the Daily Show over the years, crafting his own character. His last week tonight episode is amazing too. Yeah. It's it was been difficult for another personality other than Stephen Colbert to come out from under the daily show as a big personality. And there's been a bunch there's been a bunch that have come up, but he's John Oliver has really done the work to make himself uh, a main a mainstay and he has that he has a great gig now. He has a great gig. Yeah, like others have tried John Hodgkins came out and tried to do a couple of things, but he you know he's still out there doing stuff, but you know, nothing major. You know, uh but Steve Carell, yeah, I mean he's off the charts huge too. You know, so but okay. yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm really glad that that John, things worked out for John. Okay, so HBO so, last week tonight, and that was my number ten. Number moment. ten from Joe. Okay, my number ten pick is a very interesting pick. Okay, this, as I mentioned before, I feel like I have to. No, I'm not gonna. There was a very funny skit that was done in the Emmys that caught my interest for obvious reasons, and I found it one of the funniest, most hilarious moments of 2014. I have the whole skit here, but I'm just going to skip around it a little bit. Uh, This was Bryan Cranston, Aaron Paul, and Julie Louis-Dreyfus doing a kind of Pawn Stars bit at the Emmys. 
I'm Buzz Jackson. And I'm Randy Jackson. And this is our pawn shop. We deal in the unique, the unusual, and the barely legal. And we always get the deal. This is Barely Legal Pawn. Sam is why did you Excuse get me? a tattoo? Well, hello there, mamacita. <laughs> um, I'm I'm here because I was um, wondering if you might be interested. Oh, what you got there? In purchasing this. If you haven't visually seen this, it's worth. I'm not going to play the whole skit, but but it's a it's a really funny skit. You can find it on the internet very or on YouTube very easily. I, sa I sounded like my grandmother oh. there. You can find it on the internet if you do a Google search on the internet. It has a wonderfully funny top off to the finish of it. I'm gonna to try to play the very end of it right now if I can get that queued up. She walks in on them and finds them looking like they're cooking meth. Hello. Zipping hey. up the meth coat. We wouldn't want anyone to sneak out now, would we? And he gets all Eisenberg-y. You know why we call this place Barely Legal Pawn? He brings out a You're puppy. You're a runner. Puppy bathing business. But we are not licensed. And they can be mighty stinky. Oh, it's so cute. Is it a boy or a girl? Uh, bitch. <laughs> it's a bitch. So that's a, that was my number 10 moment. I love that moment. I might have pushed this new Netflix series with... Uh, with Will Arnett and Aaron Paul to my number 10. It, it's about uh, Will Arnett plays a horse. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just saw this tonight for the very first. Oh, it's an animated series? Yeah, it's an animated series. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it, but. It's pretty hilarious. But but the, I just love Aaron Paul and I love Brian Cranston and I love Ooh. them working together. Why am I not fitting Aaron Paul with, oh, oh, Je oh right, right. Yeah, right, Jesse right. Pinkman. I feel like these two are like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen when they're hanging out. I feel like they just have this magic together that I wouldn't mind watching them do any. I'd go see Waiting for Godot with Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. I want to see the two of them do anything together it's basically breaking bad it's the odd couple right in, in a way it, it, it uses that format meth and, and stuff like that you know and uh and that's a, a, a opposites attract and opposites play well with each other that you know to think of some you know think of all the arguments you and nick have had over the years yeah absolutely you know, you know exactly opposites but or or like me and you and Elia, you know. Some of our friends, we get into in very heated discussions about simple, simple, simple things. And but we love them, and they're always going to be their, our closest people. Yep. You know? And you might actually get to hear some of that. We might stream our next uh, Smash Brothers game night, and oh, uh, yeah. and you can hear all the shit talk firsthand, folks. Okay, so our number not Joe's number nine pick. We're gonna get okay. into this, and uh, let me let me take a look. This was your number nine pick. Just for the record, was one of my runners up. It for was it was not one making it for or... not quite making the list. Yes, it was one of one of my run runners up. Right. This this almost was. Now I know it'd be kind. It's kind of weird that I would put another moment in at number nine and still not lose the Daily Show at number ten and take that out. But I felt I had to do that with some of these things because no matter what, that moment with with uh, it made such an impression on me that it needs to be on the list. So some of these moments could have been interchanged with some of my runner-up moments from Game of Thrones, but still, <laughs> it beats those out. Yeah, it does. It does. 
Like I really, in reality, I like this moment better than I like the Aaron Paul and in, uh, in Brian Cranston moment. But I felt like I wanted to talk about that here. You know? <laughs> and see, that was the that's the thing with all these Game of Thrones moments. They kind of almost should be on the list. Yeah, yeah. I'm so you have to make room. And I know Red Redwood's listening, who's one of our Game of Thrones people, so I know she agrees. She's like, yeah, you. I, I tuned in because I figured this would be the Game of Thrones show. And it, it's pr- it basically <laughs> is going to be. We don't really spoiler alerts of our list here. Okay, so obviously here, Joe's number nine pick is uh is Well fought. There you are. Champion's purse. Though you're not the champion yet, are you? A true champion defeats all the challenges. Surely there are others out there who oh, still yeah. dare to We're, challenge my race. I mean, we could listen to this whole thing, which is, it, but I'll skip through it a little bit. Let's get to what we really want here. Oh, there it is. Wait. You're here it is. Oh. Listen to these sounds. <laughs> oh. Oh, shocking. Even the poor boy. It almost sounds like an orgy. Even listening to it makes me happy. It, even it, it <laughs> kind of turns. It almost sounds like an orgy. Yeah, it kind of turns me on a little bit. Is that is that wrong? Isn't the Jeffrey choke on something? Is not. It's a very nice moment. It is. Sure. It is. It's strange. It's strangely comforting. <laughs> Idiots, help your king! Wait. Oh yeah. Jeffrey. <laughs> What was that? Veins and the bloodshot, everything. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. I don't. I don't want to. I just want to play the end because listen to listen to the last sound he makes. It's hilarious. Oh, there it is. He just squeaked. There's like a little squeak or something like that. Oh, the music. The music's so intense and he's turning purple. You've turned violet, violet! There was your hear it at the end. He sounds like a little uh, bird or something. It's like, <laughs> there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so get him. So, yes, Joe's number nine pick is the little bastard Joffrey the dying. Wedding. The purple wedding. And, and it was a really awesome moment. I think that was another one of those moments that. It just being a wedding, people kind of knew the, the the non-book readers knew something bad was going to happen, and and then all the book readers. George R R moments without bad things happening. Yeah, but in a way, this is a very rare George R R R Martin moment where the where something bad happens to a bad person, where you actually get the comeuppance that you've wanted to see for a while, and it, it took forever to get to. It did, and it it, it was it was worth the wait. I thought it was a very interesting start to the season too. It being so early on in the season, it just set the set the bar so high for what was to be, I think, the best season of Game of Thrones. 
and George Martin and HBO set up him being the bad guy so well that you forget who the actual bad guys are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, he's one of the bad guys, but when you think about all the deaths in Westeros as of late, he's really responsible for very few of them. Yeah, he's the king and the war is kind of in his name and he's but it's because of the, Ned Stark, the man. That be around him aren't gonna aren't, aren't gonna allow there to not be a war anyway, no matter what Joffrey says. You you just simply have what he did to Ned Stark. That alone makes can make people hate him. And the way he treated Sansa. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, he's a sadist. Yeah, he's a sadist. He's a, you know. Yeah, what he does to animals when he shoved that cat up the cow's ass. Mmm. Mmm. Tasty how. I mean, uh, hey. So yes, the purple wedding. It was it was definitely a runner up for me too. I think it, like I said, it was a great moment in this season of Game of Thrones, and it was a moment people in the books were waiting to see how they were going to do visually in front of you, and I think they did it awesome. I I think it, I built it up a little bit more in my mind than maybe which that's just probably probably why I would have had it like a twelve on my list instead of the top ten. It I was building it up a little bit too much. Whereas some later moments I built up, but they still hit the home run. But but I, but it was a ama- amazing moment, and I definitely see why you put it on your list. So speaking of things that you'll have no clue, Joe, about why I put it on my list here, uh, we have at number nine for me. I have a weakness beyond Survivor. Beyond, <laughs> yes, Survivor. Beyond Star Trek, beyond other things. I, ha- I, I watch reality. I have a reality show addiction, and I'm especially addicted to Survivor. Joe can warrant this. This is like I'm going to – I'm admitting to myself here. Joe, Joe's known me for a very long time. I've watched He's since – watched the, all the seasons. For the, from from the very first episode. I, I, I watched it the very first episode. So I've been a big fan my whole life. Having said that, this past season – oh, one, one comment for Ren Renwood on uh, the Joffrey thing. It never gets old, does it? Wasn't a dull affair, even even though it was only one death. Yeah, it wasn't a dull affair. It was it was an exciting moment, and just the whole lead up with the fight with Tyrion and everything too was excellent too. I had that all on tape. We could have played that. But this season, past season of Survivor, Cook I Am, not the one that just ended, uh, the one in the first half of the year, was maybe the best season of Survivor of all time. Partially because of one man, one man alone, Tony. And th- and this was my favorite Tony moment of the entire season. So uh, jo- so Joe, try try to bear with me here. That, that, that's how intelligent you are. You have no idea what you're saying right now. Talking to people and revealing secrets is a totally different animal. Secret? When I told you that, you weren't supposed to tell them. You get it? I'm sorry, I don't talk llama. Con- I'm supposed to talk llama to you. That was the. Sorry, I have to hear it one more time. I have to hear it yeah, one more yeah, time. Yeah, I need to. I, I need to hear that. One okay, more time. For, for, to to put it up to put it up to you. Basically, he's someone's not listening because I know you don't give too much of a shit of what's going on. Someone wasn't listening to him, and he was saying, "You're not. I'm not making sense to you. You're not make everything you're saying is bullshit. You're not making sense. I'm, everything I say to you, you're not understanding. So I might as well just speak a llama to you. So here's <laughs> and then he just goes blah, 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 blah. like that's him actually saying that right that there. Sounds like something I would do. Yeah, it's it's Tony. You would like Tony. Tony is very I much. I probably like, said that to Ilya. <laughs> Tony's very much like you, Joe. Tony is very much, and he's a he's a he's a cop. He's actually a cop, but he's a, he's a funny guy. To people and revealing secrets is a totally different animal. Secret? When I told you that, you weren't supposed to tell them. You get it? I'm sorry, I don't talk I llama. I'm supposed to talk llama to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
You understand that better? <laughs> that was the last straw that broke the camel's back. An animal. Like, so I had to talk to her like I'm an animal. So I said, <laughs> so she could understand me. And she got offended by that, Jeff. It's just a joke. It, we, we, we're here to play a game. Let's have fun with it. Every time I hear that, I can't, I recorded this when I was collecting my little outside, let's break the, break the wall here for a second. When I was recording this over the last couple of days and recording, collecting the sound cues, I, I listened to that probably like 15 times, just like setting it up and stuff. I laughed every single one of the 15 times. The, and this is, that's only one of his many hilarious, hilarious moments. If you used to watch Survivor and you're mildly interested in the concept, or if you've never watched it and you just kind of have that reality itch because you've watched some form of that trashy kind of television uh i i tend to like game shows and i like more than i like reality tv and i like the game show aspect of survivor but this guy was just comedy gold and he was he, sound, he sounds a little like a guy that was on the beginning of utopia oh uh, no he's a, he's well. way better i don't want to talk about fucking utopia so that <laughs> so you started watching it too oh of course i, I did I had to give up about after like uh six or seven oh episodes it, was, it was it was horrible fucking horrible okay joe let's move let's move on because no one wants to hear too much pulled? is that still on the air no, no it got pulled it got pulled so did they just end the whole colony yeah they kicked them all out. no the people are still living there they're like wait a second we, we... No, well, there was all the whole online thing going on with it too and like people might have bought subscriptions so i don't know if they just canceled it on Fox, but it's still going. No, it's like it's like a bad MMO that everyone, if you buy the lifetime subscription, then it stops running. You're fucked. So it was Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, it's Star Trek, Star Trek at the MMO. Okay, Joe, let's move let's move on to your number eight because I could talk about Survivor for way too long. All right, my number eight. You want to play the clip for them? Okay, we'll play. It's a very short clip, but I but this was also a runner up for me. Or was this even on? This might have. This, I might be spoiling my list. This might have made my list. I I don't have my. I have your list in front of me currently. So so number eight on Joe's list is the is this conclusion to a season. Okay, that was a, it's a tough moment to capture in a clip. Basic, yeah. Basically, basically, you would have to go with the with like you would have to edit a few clips together. The the chick with the lipstick saying this is okay. So the moment is from Orange Is a New Black, and you would have to start the clip somewhere from like uh, the chick saying you know leave. She ta leaves the keys in the van for Rosa, the Cuban bank robber, to who's dying of cancer to leave, and she was messed with earlier by the. Uh, leader of the black community in the prison, V. V. Uh, who was trying to not the sci power. not the sci-fi shows V. Different. Right. The woman V. The woman so V. She was trying to take control from Red, the Russian clan, and messed with the Cuban who not was, um, Red from that '70s show. No, uh, Captain, Janeway. Captain Janeway. Captain Janeway. Yeah. <laughs> Who is who is who is like a hundred times better in this than she ever was? Oh yeah, she's she, she's amazing. It's the best Kate Mulgrove has ever been. Yeah. So so uh, Mulgrove. She takes off in the van and escapes from prison. At the same time, V is escaping from prison through an under a secret underground smuggling tunnel uh, as a riot is happening inside the prison, and it just culminates as like one of those opportunities, moments, coincidences, and and. And serendipity, so to speak, <laughs> karma. There's a million words for it in a million cultures. And the Cuban lady just sees V emerge from the woods, who jumps out to flag down a ride. 
and she just at the last second sees who she's trying to flag down for a ride and she gets run over mm-hmm. in the middle of the street and the cuban dying of cancer who was really nice to a kid in the hospital we fell in love with this character yes rides off into the sunset to so rude that one free. so rude that one is her last line which is freaking amazing oh so rude that one that's right yeah. <laughs> So rude that one. And she was. She treated her awful, kicked her out of her favorite lunch lunch hall spot for no reason, just to show power and you know, picked on a dying woman like who had no problems with anybody in the prison. So Yeah, it was it was one it was my favorite moment in in an entire bad season. Well not a bad season. I like Orange is the new black. Season one was so much better than season two. I think they tried to do too much on a to make it too serious of a drama and forgot about some of the comedy that made the first season so funny yeah. and so, and so entertaining something much different about it and that's the, that's the uh i am bl- jenny whatever her name is the weeds creator she she has a disorder she has a shamalanness about her not that she does the same thing but she runs into a a bad habit she can start things off good but then she overcomplicates because she wants to try to make it deeper than it is where she's good at making yeah. just kind of like uh, comedy with hints of deeperness, uh, something deeper, but, and I think that's when the show works the best. There's not enough porn stash in the second season. I mean, you need more porn yeah, stash. Right. He was one of the best parts of that season of Wire that he was on. Yeah, he's know? he's like, a great. He's a great. He's great. Yeah. So so it made it made my list because it really did. It pulled what, you know, and I kept watching episode after episode. When you start streaming, doing a Netflix series like that, it's really easy to burn through eight, ten, twelve hours real quick over two days so you say why not you just do it and i I kept after every episode i was like oh i kind of want to stop but i kind of want to know what's going to happen and when that moment happened it made the entire season worth it for me i could i really cared less about almost every other story going on aside from red lipstick girl who had a really fun story going Mm. you know that yeah the the klepto yes was great for me and it made that whole 12 hours of my life worth it Okay, so now it's up to me, Joe, my number eight. And this is the first time, but it won't be the last time, Joe. Uh, We're going to talk about another Netflix series right here. My number eight is this little moment right here from the very beginning of... Do you know where Rachel is? Listen to what I am saying. I'm trying to protect us both. These are questions anyone could ask. But no one is except you. I can't imagine what you're after. I took a chance. Showed up at your house and placed myself at your feet. Crossed ethical lines. Professionally, physically. Oh yeah, you got naked. And I hold myself accountable for that. Those were my choices and I can live with them. I'd like to move forward, but yeah, I need stupid. to know exactly what stupid. I was a part of. That stupid girl. That I wasn't a part of someone's I agree because I believe that he's really finish your thought. The ability to not be killed right now. Yeah, he's, he says, "Shut your mouth," and I and we can continue this. So look before we talk. It, this is the death of Zoe Barnes. The beginning of the season of House of Cards. The, I believe it was in the first episode. It was the first episode. It was the season opening episode, which which was part of what made this an amazing an amazing moment this was one of our big set up to be our big foil for this season from last season she's a carryover character who was a big plot driver and 
moved the story along and was set up to be a foil for Frank in this season. And bam, right off the bat, we get this completely uh, just character moment of Frank Underwood that we <clears throat> didn't, nobody expected. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the thing, Joe. As far as we were concerned at this point. You're absolutely right, Joe. That That's what it was. We In the first season, Frank seemed like someone that could be, you know, do some, do things on the level, but he didn't seem like somebody that could go that far. But then you realize how high the stakes were for him and what he was dealing with in this season. And well, I, I believe in season one, he kills the congressman senator. He indirect, him. indirectly. It's not as so brutal he, as this. He leaves him in a, in a car with the windows down in the garage. Doesn't his little down. buddy do that? Doesn't his little, uh, his little bald buddy, his little, uh, Number one? No, no, no. Frank Underwood did it himself. Oh, uh, it's been a while since I saw the first season. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, but so we know he's capable of it, but we don't. It was different, think, though, Joe. It was different. It was, it was. It was much different. This was someone that he lo- He had. He had sexual relations with. Right. It was different. <laughs> it was different. It definitely was different, and it showed. And it, it wasn't expected. It was the first episode, and it and it closed the first episode too, I believe. So, it's set up for a really great season. Yeah, it was it was an awesome season, but I that kept going up from there. But I, but to me, that was still the moment of the season for the, it's it was the. And unfortunately, it was the moment of the season, and it was the first moment of the season. So even though the season kept riding upward, there was no other moment that was um, that was quite quite. Do you? I describe it like this: there's a there's a I guess. there's a ride at Disney World called the Rock and Roller Coaster, but the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster. And the whole roller coaster is propelled from the initial blast off that blasts you off at like sixty mile at uh, sixty miles in two seconds. So it's just slowing down from that point. Exactly, on. and that's what I felt like this season of House of Cards was. It just yeah, I guess I guess that I want to retract my. It kept going up. It just the drama stayed. It stayed dramatic. It was kept great. It was still great. On. Yeah, but. Right, but that that moment was definitely the only oh my effing god, what yeah. the It's the thing I remember the most from the season. And it and I was talking about this with my family and we'll get into this a little bit later. I had a good podcast situation with my family and we were talking about television for the year. The the problem with some of the Netflix series and how it is is when you watch it when it first comes out and you binge watch it by the end of the year you kind of forget about it a little bit and you have to go back and watch it when you don't watch it week to week it's it's harder to remember everything that happens for me at least at least that's how it is for me and that's how it is for uh, the group we were talking about and I find I need to go back and revisit this and it will be like I'm watching it for the first time again. Well, what I what I usually do is I usually don't need to watch a full episode to remember the episode. I'll go back and I'll put on like. I'll read the information and then I'll watch like a scene or two. And basically the whole episode, little details, obviously little things that are important might not come back to me, but the juxta of what happened in the season does. And it takes me like 10, 15, 20 minutes to like just kind of review almost like a cliff note thing, you know, info, info on all the episodes is dreadful, but yeah. So that was a, a, a that was your number eight moment. That was huh? my number eight. So Joe, let's get to your number seven moment, which is another very important death. Joe, well, let's get, what's your number seven? Oh, you, okay. That's a good good question. I'll talk about my seven first. My number seven first is. is oh, 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 I'm surprised that that was your number eight. Really? You you would think yes. it you would think it would be a different number, right? You would think it would be like a number six or something, right? 
you think it's more of a number like you think it's more of a number six moment spoiler alert no let's get to your number seven joe i want to play this right now joe this is joe's number seven that needs basically no introduction is how you want to speak to me Shaming your father has always given you pleasure hasn't all it? my life you've wanted me dead this is one of the ones i want to play yes. <laughs> he's just so soft but you refuse to die I respect that. You can admire it. You fight for what's yours. I never let them execute you. Is that what you fear? Never let ill in pain take your head. Uh, You're a Lannister. You're a Lannister. You're my son. You're my son. No matter what they say. Yeah, you're no son of mine. Who? Shay. Tyrion. Tyrion. Put down that crossbow. Do you like that they basically placed Shay in the place of Tyrion's first wife? Um, well, this, uh, how, how do you mean? They talk about it, don't they? But he they talks talk about how he loves Shay here. They don't talk about it at all. They don't even mention his first wife here. Well, that, it, you, we're limited for time. His first wife's been talked about. In the book, sure, he mentions both. He loved both they these people. And but what? it wasn't important to the audience of the show because they don't have that background. They'll kill your own father in the privy. No, absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, no. it's true. You're, you're, you're right. She, the wife, son. the wife is far less of a, a point on the show. She was just mentioned once, and because of that, also we talked about this a lot when the episode aired. They preserved Jamie and Tyrion's relationship on the show that they didn't in the book for whatever reason. Now, enough of this nonsense. I am your son. You sentenced me to die. Day. You knew I didn't poison Joffrey, but you sentenced me. Let's get to it. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm fast. Forward. There's a lot of silence in Game of Thrones scenes yeah. for 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 uh, for for point of emphasis. Close-ups. Yeah, and close-ups and stuff. So one of the most, one of the best things about this being a such a great moment, and the reason it made my list over some of the other Game of Thrones moments, um, aside from the fact that it's just patricide to begin with, it's Tyrion finally, <coughs> you know, uh, doing something to his father about his father about that about it all about Shay about for himself, but. One of the most brilliant parts of this whole thing is that it was aired on Father's Day. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> so that Sunday, when all the families got together to watch Game of Thrones, all the sons, all the dads, right after this moment, no doubt, looked over at their sons. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hope. A really good moment, and I thought that it, it because that it was on Father's Day, because they timed. I don't know if they timed it out. They probably did. I just thought it was brilliant. It was really nice. It's it smells of something George would have influence on somehow. <laughs> like, yeah, let's just fuck with everybody. Let's just yeah, yeah. Let's. I just... can see. I can see. I, it's just such a brilliant thing that 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 the season ended up ends up that there. It's a spring season show, and that it it made it for for Father's Day, and that episode lined up with Father's Day was 
great moment in TV this year. Probably one of my favorite moments in the decade. It's uh, it's interesting that your pick of that number was uh, your number seven pick was a father being killed because my number seven pick is a mother being killed. Oh, oh out the window. <laughs> my baby boy. It's time. It's time. It's time, bitch. It's okay. It's okay. I'm ready. She's ready. Oh, Gemma. <laughs> yeah, Gemma. Poor Gemma. Oh, bye, Gemma. I celebrated. I, that, to me, was the culmination of the Sons of Anarchy season. Not Jack's die. It was Gemma getting shot right there. I loved it. Didn't even make my list. Didn't even make my honorable mention. Because it was the one moment I felt it was the one time I did not want Jax to listen to his fucking mother. No, I hear you. Oh, my God. Everything she has told you to do since the moment you were fucking born has led you down a path of destruction and despair. <laughs> and the last command of hers, you are actually going to listen to this woman and do what she's telling you to do. Struck that. Let this bitch rot in jail. Joe, strike me down and your your <sighs> conversion to the dark side will be complete. Uh, Ren Ren would like to add for, about the uh, our last moment, our, the Tyrion and Tywin scene. They should have left the shit gold dialogue, though. And yes, yes, yes. Ah, seems Tywin Lannister doesn't, doesn't shit, shit gold. They, they still might. I'm hoping that we get a line from somebody in the premiere of next season uh, when they find him dead. That yeah, someone, someone says it. Say one of like uh, the guards will say it, or uh, like one of one of the king's guards who finds him on the toilet. They like to do stuff like that for uh, for book readers on the show, like, like Tyrion. But, with the, but they change it a little. Like with Tyrion saying the when Cersei walks in on Tyrion saying, "Your oh your uh, your injuries don't look as bad as I've heard," things like that. Just little winks to the odd to the book readers that know that Tyrion was much more disfigured in the book after much more disfigured, much more. Supposed, like half a nose. The scar is supposed to be much much bigger than it is. Now, yeah, it, it, that was a great moment in the in the show, and I'd been waiting for it for, God, for seven years. I've been waiting for him to finally kill that woman. Anybody, anybody to kill that woman. Tim, oh, Tim, thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. My good friend Tim is listening to the podcast. He said Jax had a major Oedipus complex, and he absolutely did. He wanted to bang his mom. All the, all the all the comments he makes, like sexualized comments he makes his mother's way and back and, and forth. And just the way that scene's set up with how they're interacting uh, right before they go outside, it's very much lovers. There's a there's a very emotion, a, a weird subtext to that scene. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. It was, look at the roses. Look <laughs> at the pretty roses. Yep. Oh, I forgot everybody. I'm sorry. We, I had one more honorable mention. Well, this is a one last honorable mention. Give her when she comes back. I have only loved Yeah, you love that. Sorry, that was supposed that was supposed to be the Carol. Uh... <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Just look at the flowers, Lizzie. Another yeah, scene. An this didn't make make my list. Is uh, I didn't like the little girl. I wanted her to die. She hurt animals. She did. You got so. what you wanted. 
You got what you wanted. She got her comeuppance. She got shot in the back of the head by Carol. Yeah. But it doesn't, it, you know, it had to happen. Do you know who's a runner-up? Carol's just a runner-up in general. Several Carol badass moments from the season uh, is yeah, a runner-up for me. One of my favorite honorable mentions, of course, completely personal moment is when there's the flashback of Carol cleaning the crap off her. Yep. You know, Absolutely. Six, seven episodes after she storms and, and meets up with them, you know, she's supposed to have zombie guts all over, but when she meets them, she's, you know, completely clean. Now, seven episodes later, they flash back and throw that in there for some reason. Now, Joe, we're on to your number six pick. And your number six pick is ve- is very familiar to me. It's very familiar to let's see, let's see if we hear this. Do you again. know where Rachel is? Whoa, wait. Listen to what I am saying. I'm trying to protect Whoa. us both. There's a glitch in the matrix. I can live with them. Move forward, but I need to know that I wasn't a part. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. We didn't finish this last time. Part of someone's murder. Jesus. I want to believe you, Francis. Dead. I told yeah. I told you just forget about the whole thing. You know, he goes around the corner so that way she's able to yeah, and then when he turns her around. He's dressed so like he's a ninja facing the train and then pushes her in front of it so it absolutely looks like she stepped in front of it and not that she was pushed backwards. He's dressed like and he's dressed like Raphael when you, he's going to see a ninja turtle when the when the ninja turtles goes out to see a movie. He's got like the trench coat on and the hat so well, no one could recognize him. He had his bald underling check out these stations in different places where there are cameras everywhere, but the paths through these places where they can walk unseen by the cameras. You know he's had these things checked out yeah. so he can make these kind of deals he, and backroom talks and crap like he, that. He, does, he doesn't do anything without planning it out. So, so yes, Joe's number six is, as my number eight, Zoe Barnes getting killed. So we, we, can, we, we, talked, we already talked about that one. So my number six is a moment that is very closely associated to one of our runner-up picks because it came several months afterwards. And it was a very important moment for me because a character, one of my favorite television characters, was back. He was back. And he wasn't taking shit from nobody, no one, especially no... you really put a 24 moment on your top? I put a 24 moment. This moment because Catelyn Stark needed to get thrown out the moon door too. (laughs) <laughs> what sorts of people died today because of you and Heather? You think you won, but this is all on your head. Your death on my head is yours. Next to her son, who was just pushed out a window, and her son on Game of Thrones gets pushed out a window. I remember watching this, and I remember yeah. being very happy and laughing very loudly on my. Yes, and this was this was this was a very fun moment for me on the 24. And this whole season of 24 that Joe and I did podcast about was just fun to talk about because it was very action movie silly. Jack Bauer was going around killing people at will. Yeah, last action hero all the way. <laughs> very last action hero season of Jack Bauer. So I needed to talk about that. And we did have uh, Lady Stark in there, Catelyn Stark. So I felt like I needed to make reference to her being in a big part of the first half of that season. 
and being probably one of the best parts of the show was her. Oh yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the show ended with that. That the right there. Ended there. Yeah, we had another really good moment right before that where we thought Heller got blown up, which was uh, pretty hilarious as well. So, the, so that's what they should do uh, instead of twenty fours. They should do like sixes. And do like six hours in the life of Jack Bauer. You know what well, I mean? Well, Kiefer like, Sutherland has we said. Story. We didn't need a whole 12 or 24. Because 20, they skipped 12 hours. Only 12 episodes. We don't need a whole 12 It should have been called Jack 12. Bauer. It should have been. two six-hour stories. It really should have been called 12 Live Another Day. Right. Or, if, or six. <laughs> and then, and then you know, stay tuned for next season. We'll do another six. But, but Jack Bauer has retired. Our Keith Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland has said. He is completely done playing Jack Bauer. It is over. No, he could do he could do two, and then we could watch him do four hours of paperwork afterwards, <laughs> trying to explain what happened. <laughs> exactly. Yes, him sitting in an office, <laughs> being like, "This is why I had to kill everybody." We need that in triplicate, Bauer. <laughs> now. Okay, so my uh, number six pick is Jack Bauer. So let's get into our top. Five, Joe. Top five, baby Joe. Now, All your right. number five pick. You want to set this up? Because because okay. un- unfortunately, I'm, I have to apologize to you, Joe. I, I couldn't get a sound cue on this one because it wasn't really a sound cue moment. There is no, there's nothing. Wait, wait. wait. I'm going to shoot you in the head in five seconds. Who's going to shoot? You're going to shoot me in the head in five seconds, Jimmy Smith? I'm sorry. I couldn't get a clip of you. I, I'm sorry. Let's see if that draws my memory. Okay. One, I'm sorry, Nero. Two. I'm sorry, Nero. Okay, so your your pick is so my number five moment is the moment when Nero uh, meets up with Gemma after Gemma realizes she needs to go on the run from Jacks and the club. They'll be looking for her. The basically the the truth is out there about her having killed Tara. So when Nero meets up with her. They talk for a moment or two, and she's saying, you know, I'm leaving. I got to leave town. She might even say, like, come with me or whatever. And he's like, what's going on? Jack's calls. And he's got a real weird feeling about everything, and he answers the phone. And we hear a little bit of the conversation. says, you know, do you know what Gemma is? He's like, no, why? What's going on? And then there's just silence as Jax explains everything to Nero. And we watch Nero on the phone with Jax, and through his expressions and body movement and acting ability, we see this man's heart crumble. Yeah, we get an acting class a, by Jimmy Smith. He, he, I feel, I, I was watching uh, season three of Coven, and Kathy Bates and, 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 and uh, Jane, Jessica Lang, their, their acting is so far above what that show is that it reminded me of this moment on Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Jimmy Smits, they're, they're all great actors. Chibs, Tig, uh, Charlie Vanon, for what it's worth. But, you know, <laughs> Gemma. Yes, Daddy, yes. Katie Scott. Uh, Jimmy Smits is on a different... He, yeah, he's taken he's taken him to school this the last couple of seasons. He's she's showing him what's what it's all about right now. This 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 moment alone with him was so phenomenal. Like it really was. I I was stunned. I was shocked. And it 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 probably should have been higher on my list just because of the acting of Jimmy Smith was brilliant. 
No, we but it, it it's uh, it landed at number five. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. It's it's your top five, and Jimmy Smith has deserves whether he wins any actual awards or just the award here from the issues program. He deserves some sort of award. We have to give Jimmy Smith a uh, yeah, he, a yum he, he a gets yamaka the major issues award. Yeah, he gets the yum he gets the issues yamaka. <laughs> He's uh, it's 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 happy days for Jimmy Smith. And my number five is associated with this, but it's not uh, it's not Jimmy Smith's, but it is led to Joe's scene. So it's it's interesting here. Daddy. Yeah. Is Wendy my first mommy because I came out of the Tommy? This kid's fucking creepy. Absolutely. Uh, uh, this, I, I didn't think it when I was making my list, this didn't come up for me, but it definitely, I, I wouldn't have put it on my list, but it definitely would have been a runner up had I thought about it. Yeah. It but this is what happened. Let me, fi- let me finish the line for a second. Cause it's, it sends shivers down my spine every time. I'm... Yeah, that's right. Oh, is that why grandma killed my other mommy? My first mommy could be here with me. Drops the microphone. Bam. And I just have to say that this kid wasn't <laughs> wasn't always a great actor of the show. Joe and I made fun of him a lot before we did the podcast on Sons of Anarchy, about, especially at the beginning of the season. But for everything he did horrible, they got a great line read out of him on this particular line and it was awesome and it was a great way to end the episode and it was just that uh, it's to me it was that it's about fucking time moment of sons of anarchy where where more than the end of any other episode of the season of the last couple seasons maybe since what happened to uh, opie or earlier on some other events of sons of anarchy The, the, the best moment of the entire series is opie's murder yeah maybe it it, it, it's it, up there. It, it's up there. I, in my mind, that's the separate podcast, Joe. We're gonna we're gonna talk a lot more about Sons of Anarchy in the future here. So, uh, so that different. You just uh, proposed. I hold. I, hold uh, I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah, he always, always, nothing, no, nothing set in stone here, uh, except for these lists for this year. Anyways, so I have to say that this kid really pulled it off. This is the thing that that set everything into motion. Moment, but he he nailed absolutely zero other moments in the in the show. But I'll say this: this one moment made all the rest feel okay. Yeah, me, I in agree. Hindsight, I agree. Now, Joe, another your next moment is also from the Sons of Anarchy, yes. and this is back-to-back Sons of Anarchy moments. Yeah, we've had a bunch in a row here, and this the audio in this is really bad, so I'm not going to play too much of this. But uh, but but here we go. What's going on? Are you still love me? Wow. Man, I've never had that ever with anyone. It's basically, uh, the audio is really horrible there, so I don't want to play too much of it. It's the Tig in the Venus try, almost breaking up. Venus basically telling him she understands that he can't be serious about her. And Tig saying, no, baby, I love you, and I want to try to make this work. This- yeah, he, she gets a, a feeling from him that he might, although they just made love and he knows, and she, she knows that they've flirted in front of the club and that he's comfortable 
to flirt with her or to make people respect her uh, outright in public, that she is a, a person and all this stuff. But she got the feeling that he might be embarrassed to be with him at some point after they copulated, that it wouldn't work out. So she basically gives him the opportunity to walk out of the house and leave and not come back mm -hmm. and say goodbye. And Tig flatly, straight up, turns her down and says, no, baby, I love you. You make me a better man. I don't give a shit what the world thinks. I will. And as we saw earlier, he will kill people who want to call him, uh, you know, or whatever. gay or anything else. Now, Joe, those lines. this is... He's got love with this woman. Period. You got to give Even sons of she's not fully a woman yet. You've got to give or you've got to no, give sons or physically fully a woman yet. You you've got to give sons of anarchy credit here dealing with like a sensitive issue and doing it really fucking awesome and making it making a making them a central heart felled part of the last season as Walton I heard Sutter talking Goggins. about it. What was that? that? Walter Walton Goggins Walton Yeah, amazing Walton. job. Amazing job playing Venus. Oh, unbelievable. The, but, and, and Tig, I can't think of his name offhand. Yeah, Kit something. Kim Coates or something? No. Kim, Kim, Kim Coates. Coates. Kim yes. Coates. Kim Coates. They played so amazing together. This was, this also was in my, this isn't just one of my top 10 moments, top five moments on TV this year. This is one of my top moments on TV of all time. So Joe's. I really loved this scene. Amazing. I thought. Both of them were – every scene that they're in together, every scene that Venus is in is Walton Goggins nails it on the head, hands down, just bam, amazing job. And, and that, yeah, I'm, I'm blowing smoke and kissing some ass. No, here, no, no. I and this was amazing. And I, really I, and I think – blew my fucking mind. And I think that's the that's the, the anomaly that is Sons of Anarchy, that it can be so, such a trashy show at times, but then be so deep at other times. It, it so, See how I'm, I'm so excited about this moment, and this is only number four on my list. Yeah, this is, yeah. And this was – and number five, the Nero moment, these three jobs in acting, really, if you followed the story, just these two scenes alone, I think, kind of make it all worth it, you yeah. know, just to get to those two scenes with Tig being one of my favorite characters throughout the entire series and fully expecting him to die any minute. Yeah, I can't believe Tig made it. It comes out with love on and, top of it. And All the awful, evil, horrible shit this man has done. And at the end of this whole thing, I'm like, thank God Tig is still alive. He has love and he has a promo he and a promotion. And he's vice president. And he's vice president now. The crazy-ass motherfucker who, who kind of started the whole problem with Pope in the fucking first place yep. by running over his daughter outside some cafe trying to kill the, the president of the Niners. Could, like, oh, my God. Could – and we're going to leave it at this and leave Sons of Anarchy at this. Could – have his daughter burned alive in front of him, which was an honorable mention. Could Tig – that was last year. Could – could Tig – I said was an honorable mention, like we did this last year, remember? Yeah, of course we did. Could Tig possibly be our first character spotlight on our Sons of the Sons of Anarchy character spotlight? Possibly. So we're gonna move on here to my number four. My number four. Let's get let it we'll set this up. There was a big setup for a whole season that led up to this moment right here. They're gonna feel 
Find out what? Find out what? And it, it's not just that. It's connecting into this whole s story arc. I can shut him up. <laughs> I've been bitten, you stupid pricks. <laughs> I'm tainting me. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that's because I'm tainted me, motherfucker. That's gonna happen. That We're gonna turn, we just That's Bob. Albert, calm the hell down. We cooked him. Everything is gonna be fine. Why the hell didn't you check him first? Because he was fine. Tainted me! Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I would like to add one other part, not not sounded here the killing of the hunters at the end the yeah. that whole story arc from the terminus lead up to well, that's, not, that's the whole season so you, that's not no no moment. it's not the whole season <laughs> <laughs> i'm cheating okay that's, that's that's almost the whole season no 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 it's it's the connection that's the whole first half of the season yeah. That's the first half of the season. That's the February, whole half of February season. So that that doesn't count. So which is it? Is it the, the wrong people? Which I think is, which is even last no, year. No, no, no. I think that's this year. It's it's okay. still this year. So okay, yeah, it was this year. Is, is it is it that? Is it the Bob Kebabs? I couldn't decide, Bob, Joe. I could. I couldn't decide. So I decided to. This is my show, so I'm stretching the rules. Uh, the the. Uh, <laughs> I can do it. So then, so then, number one has to boil down to the greatest moment of 2014 is the Game of Thrones season. <laughs> okay, I'm stretching it. I will say that my number, I just played the Tainted Mead and all that. Really, my favorite mo moment in retrospect. And the, what I meant to say is the Rick, uh, we're fucking with the wrong people line means even more to me. I went back to it and re realized it. No, 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 that was... Wait, the, let, me was let me finish, let me finish, Joe. I went back to that having seen the rest of the season. So my moment is Rick saying, you're fucking with the wrong people. That's my... I, that's that's the last scene. Of last of season, but it's still this year. It's no, 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 that was... That 2014, was 2014. 2014. Did they start the episode, with the season with that? Like, no, that was the last moment of, of last season, which was still in 2014. Oh, so they escaped, right, they escaped from Terminus. That was right when they got caught up in the boxcar. Correct, correct, correct. My yeah. bad. And I believe, I believe uh, my moment is from the, from somewhere around there. No, time. yes. Your moment is from the same section of that season. You're, you're, uh, you're a walking dead moment to, to get connected. So yes. yes. But, I, but what I, I meant, the reason why I played the taint and meat and the whole hunters thing is to say that having seen all of that and how that finishes, it makes the Rick moment even more intense for me. They don't know who they're fucking with. Right. And now they know who they're fucking with. <laughs> I kill you with my red machete. you So Joe, here we go. We're getting into the top three. The top fucking three. Uh, Ren Renwood said, I forget what scene we were just playing. It might have been The Walking Dead. That last part sounds like it's a scene out of The Sopranos. <laughs> and uh, 
Pretty much. Pretty much. And here we go. Here we go. Or it might have been the Sons of Anarchy stuff we were playing. The uh, the Tig and the uh, and the Venus scene she was talking about, which is again, I would say, yeah. It, it and that's what the thing about Sons of Anarchy to mention one more thing. It it sometimes is as good as Breaking Bad and The Sopranos, but sometimes it's as bad as Twenty Four. It go yes. it, it it pulls yeah, it pulls the gambit. So Joe, your no, <laughs> your number three moment. We're getting into the top three. Your top three. And guess what, Joe? Does this line up with you? Your your number three moment is also my number three moment. Oh, wow. We both have the same number three, so let's play it. I want to play it in its entirety. I'm sorry. This is one of the ones that needs to be played in its entirety. Number three is the little guy. I wish to confess. I wish to confess. You wish to confess? I saved you. I saved this city. The audio can carry this one. All your worthless lives. All of them. I should have let Stannis kill you all. Tyrion! Do you wish to confess? Yes. Yes. Father, I'm guilty. Guilty? Is that what you want to hear? You admit you poisoned the king. No. Of that I'm innocent. I'm guilty of a far more monstrous crime. I'm guilty of being a dwarf. You are not on trial for being a dwarf. Joe, if I pass out during this speech, you 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 need to call the police, okay? I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting emotional here. Oh, yes I am. I've been on trial for that my entire life. Life. Have you nothing to say in your defense? Nothing but this. I did not do it. I did not kill Joffrey, but I wish, wish I... that I had. Oh, this is the Watching lie. your vicious bastard die gave me more relief than a thousand <laughs> lying whores. <laughs> I wish I was the monster. You... What was that? <laughs> Not a, more than a thousand live whores. L lying whores. <laughs> you think I am? I wish I had enough poison for the whole pack of you. I would gladly give my life to watch you all swallow it. Samarin! Samarin! Escort the prisoner back to his cell. I will not give my life for Joffrey's murder, and I know I'll get no justice here. So I will let the gods decide my fate. I demand a trial by combat. Bump. Holy bump, bump, shit. Bump. That was probably one of the best monologues ever de delivered on television ever. Tyrion blew it out of the water. This easily could have been my number one moment, but except for a disappointment in another moment from Game of Thrones that I might mention later, because uh, we're getting to the Game of Thrones show here at the end here. It, it was just incredible. It had me so captivated watching it that I was I was literally speechless. I remember coming on here after that and just being like, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, Peter Dinklage owns the world, as I think is something I said. He he does he give every award there ever was for an actor to Peter Dinklage. Great scene, Joe. Yeah. And it was even hard for me to put this at three because I because I almost wanted to put it higher. Bastards and broken things. Yeah, this was the moment that to me truly symbolized why why Peter Dinklage was cast as Tyrion. He oh, just yeah. he just completely completely encompasses the role there. I don't believe there's anybody else in the world that can pull off this role. It's hard to imagine. Like, there are great actors out there. Uh, this I, is a we, brilliant acting job done by a brilliant actor. And I, I, there's very few people that can pull off this role. I, there are I, some others, but... I think Philip, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, as crazy as that sounds, I think could have done it or something if they filmed it right. Not with I his... think he's a little overrated, but... But whatever. There's certain actors that might have been able to pull it off, but not like Peter Dinklage. And I mean, he ain't Nicolas Cage overrated, but he's overrated. <laughs> Nicolas Cage could have been Tyrion. That would have been interesting. No, 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 no. no. Oh, Nicolas yeah. Cage is like the most overrated I know. actor of all No, time. he's not overrated because no one thinks he's good, Joe. There are people that I have had drop down heated. They're, Joe, Joe, before we get into this, they're stupid. I uh, like Nicolas Cage. I enjoy. Stupid. I enjoy they're his. Wrong. They're right. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I mean, stupid in the wrong sense, not stupid like lacking intelligence. I just mean their opinion is 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 wrong, so it's stupid. <laughs> but I feel like I enjoy a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. I don't think it's the same thing though. I think be, I think being good is Peter Dinklage. Being entertaining can be you can be good and not entertaining. There are several actors that are that are very good and they give excellent Shakespearean Broadway performances but they're not very entertaining and that's why they're doing summer stock out in uh, New Jersey but there's but there's uh actors that are horrible that can carry a movie and Nicolas Cage is a horrible actor that can carry the right movie or especially a certain period in time I think it's all his supporting actors are what carry the movie he he pulls me out of most movies. Uh, I think I think in a movie like uh, I don't want to get into a Nicolas Cage. We we can let's have a yeah, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about Nicolas Cage this different. Nicolas Cage. Uh, Ren Renwood would like to add. Dink is why I started watching Game of Thrones. I thought the show was soft porn and fantasy setting before seeing him. After that, there was no turning back. And uh, Joe and I have talked about this before. We were big fans, or at least at certain points in times, of uh, Nip Tuck. And Peter Dinklage was amazing on that show. And that was my first introduction to him as an actor. And I always hoped that he'd do even greater things. I was like, this guy's an amazing actor. He's, he's a great comedic actor, too. I don't know if, you, if you've if you seen it. Like, he's got great sense of comedic timing, mm -hmm. great sense of drama. Uh, a couple of guest spots I've seen him on little sitcoms here and there. Yeah, he's got, he's got great, he has great, got great now, timing. It's tough for drama people to move into comedy unlike comedians who move into drama that seems to be more the norm he is uh he's got it all down as far as i'm concerned he can do it all you figure that's what he's gonna do after game of thrones is done he's gonna probably do a lot of comedy because he's gonna want to break character type a little bit and do something right, a little so. a little bit more and he brings a lot of that comedic timing to game of thrones a lot of what's funny about game of thrones is is through Tyrion. It's His snarky, yeah, sarcastic. So, so Joe, we're we could we could sit here and talk more about Tyrion, and we will definitely as Game of Thrones is approaching. But your number, let's let's get it out of the way. Your number two. Oh my gosh, we're at number two here. Joe's number two pick is 
featuring one of our favorite friends, friend, we'll call him friend of the issues program, uh, our, our good friend, yes, Mayor Joe Hale, and another conclusion of a Rick Grimes awesome you fucking badass moment of this year. We're going to beat Daryl to death. Then we'll have the girl. Then the boy. Then I'm going to shoot you, and then we'll be square. <laughs> he plays... He plays a dick so well. He plays a dick so incredibly. <laughs> Let him go. Stop. You're square. <laughs> Let him go. Gun going off next to his head. Yeah, it gets it gets a little crazy. His ear is ringing with with. And then, of course, this scene concludes with. Let's see what she got. Oh yeah, Rick Rhymes. I'm gonna go full Mike Tyson on you. Yes, Joe, your number two moment is Mr. Rick Grimes biting the shit out of Mayor Joe Hale, right? Yep, well, while Carl's getting slobbered on, Michonne's pinned, kind of like held down by gunpoint, and Daryl's getting his ass kicked, Rick Grimes goes fucking full zombie and bites Mayor Joe Hale right in the neck to save his family. And it's a great scene, it's great acting, it's great action. Um, part of what makes The Walking Dead so well is they do these moments that are just, uh, you know, for basic cable, they're really shocking. Yeah, shocking moments. So. Shocking. And th- that was, to me, that was the most shocking moment. That was one of the ones, as you said with one of my picks earlier, I didn't think about that till I read it on your list. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that should have been one on my list. That was awesome. Like with the Abel telling, uh, telling, telling Jack's thing for me, uh, for you. And f- to say about that one, that one came to me late, late in the list. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that one. I got to put that really high on my list. That was, I was crazy. I remember like freaking out with you after that moment, but. The same thing could be said about this moment. Rick going crazy right there and was really the, uh, such an intense moment to show you the lengths that Rick Grimes will go. And, and when he said, and later in the season, for my moment of, of Walking Dead, it really, again, adds fuel from the front side of Rick saying, they're fucking with the wrong people. I'll eat you motherfuckers. Yep. And that, that uh, they're fucking with the wrong people comes I think an episode or two after he does after that, that yeah. So it really resonates with the audience as as he says that. Yeah, oh yeah, they're fucking with the wrong people. Rick Grimes is gonna eat your ass. Turns out the people that, that have him captured are gonna try to eat his ass too. So it's a good foil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and again, all this biting people makes me think of Mike Tyson. And I gotta give shout out for one of the another horrible but entertaining moment. Mike Tyson's Mysteries. A bad show, but a very entertaining show in a very awful way. So Which one? The cartoon show? Yeah, the cartoon show. It's, it's I, I, the previews look great. I haven't seen it. It's fu- it's to. funny if you like funny bad things. It's uh, r- another honorable mention is Mike Tyson's HBO special. That's how where he does like a one man stage show about his life and history. 
it's got good timings, edited well. He's a funny guy. Edited better than I think. Yeah, he's <laughs> a, he's know, a fun, he's a funny guy. He's a surprisingly funny guy. Yeah, he seems really well, really with it, really together, uh, very unpressured and just loose and having a good time nice. during it. Honest, very honest in in moments. Uh, Spike Lee did a great job producing it. Yeah, and I actually have seen that. Everybody, it's very good. And there's and I also put it on my list. And I'm adding one more thing to the list. On Netflix, there's an awesome uh, Mel Brooks documentary you should check out if you like Mel Brooks's comedies. So on to oh, my... I'll check that out. You should. It's really good. And on to my number two. And here we go, folks. My number two is not a good moment. It's not a happy moment. It is a shitty moment. It's a moment that I built up on another show that I watched over the course of many, many seasons. And I got into, I got other people that aren't usually into shows like this into this show. I talked about the show at length. Did you get me into the show? No. I speculated about this show. Oh, no, a little bit. Yeah, you did. Yes, I did get you into the show at the beginning. I don't know if you followed it to the end, though. And it ended this year in a really horribly bullshitty bad way maybe one of the worst television endings of all time and it is so bad it is such worse a than dexter worse than the sopranos worse than true blood worse than yeah worse than worse than uh new heart worse than wait what else ended oh 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 yeah what? i was gonna put it on my list i was gonna put this on my list and i was like no it was such a shitty moment it was such a shitty thing i'm not putting it on my list no. this is supposed to be the greatest moments of television no no the stupidest fuck retarded moments because it would definitely be number two maybe even number one on my list she did say this oh yes number two is and that kids Oh, fucking bastard. We had already settled that they weren't going to get together. Everybody in the world was okay with them not being together except the goddamn fucking writers. That is not reason you made us listen to that. do you know what pisses me off most about the end of how i met your mother is the fact that all these assholes that argued from the very beginning of time in it about the fact that robin and ted are meant to be together and that it was That's all bullshit. set up where all of those people that said that all the years that all got called stupid all got called wrong all got called you're you guys are clinging to st- clinging to the past you don't get it you don't get it all those assholes all those people were right and we all have to eat it and that's the worst thing about this ending. I hate eating it. And I had there are to eat- too many people who felt that they should be together. I never felt that that uh There's a lot okay, of people. Here's the thing. He's a good guy. She's not a good a good girl for for the most part. No, like she's, she's horrible. I mean, they're both oh. really not great people. I don't want to say and, one's okay. better than the let's, other. Okay. Let's let's Joe, besides that, let's just get to the shittiest. They want different things. She never wanted kids. He wanted kids. They were completely. But besides that, Joe, besides that, it was filmed all shitty. You had. It was. It was put together. It was so rushed and so sloppily put together. It was hard to follow. Sometimes. No, and at the very end, you film that stuff with the kids several years prior, and then you have Josh Radner dressed up like old Ted having a discussion with his kids there and it looks like he's wearing middle school makeup. They should have had yep. they should have had Bob Saget film that with the kids years ago and brought Saget into it. Saget's not even the voice of Saget isn't even in the last episode. No, nope, it's, it's Ted's. So basically guys, I don't want to talk too much about this cuz I want to talk about a good moment when we're going to get to our number ones there. It sucks and it sucks and it's horrible and it sucks and it's a piece of shit donkey balls crap fest of horribleness that I just want to piss all over and then open my bum hole and take a dump on. That's how I so really feel. We have to rename this um, 
most memorable moments of 2014. Top, mo top moment, top moments of 2014. This is a top moment for me. This was a big moment for me, and it was right. a big okay. letdown. It was a letdown moment. A moment doesn't have to be a good moment. And this, okay. it, it's, uh, it was an awful, 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 awful season. Ender. I was very disappointed with it. And unfortunately it, it kind of taints the actress that played uh, the kid's mother. She was awesome. Because she, she was good. She was good in this. And I like her in the other things I've seen her in. Uh, Joe, this, Joe, um, let's get, let's get off this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Cause it's going to make me sad. Let's get to our number one, which again, unsurprisingly, because Ren Renwood, who's probably who might still be out there and is going to listen at some point, you know what the number one is because we haven't talked about it yet. Everybody who knows us knows what this number one is because we haven't. One has to be this. We there's haven't mentioned it. Be otherwise. Yeah, there, there's impossible. If if any, we picked anything else as number one, we would be stupid, Joe. The number one moment is, and this we is weren't a, paying attention apparently. If if this doesn't. Hadn't made the list and wasn't number one at the time. Yeah. You know? For for us, this had to be number one because this made the this made the biggest deal to us and was an amazingly entertaining scene. So let's listen to it. Have they told you who I am? Some dead man. Some dead man. <laughs> Some dead man. Yeah. The brother of Elia Martel. And you know why I've come all the way to my father. Shit to die. For you. I'm going to hear you confess before you die. You raped my sister. You murdered her. You killed her children. Say it now and we can make this quick. You raped her? You murdered her? It really makes you You killed her children. You raped her! What was that? It makes you wonder if when George was writing this, he was actually thinking of, you know, you killed my father. My name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> you murdered. Tim still. Tim says he's still recovering from the uh, from the uh, how I met your mother ending. And Ren Renwood is still here. Thank you. We love you so much, both of you guys. Tim, thank you for tuning in. I love you, buddy. And Ren Renwood, we could we'd hug you if we knew you. You killed her children. This is this is also just for the record. I edited this a little bit for time and cut out some of the space. You killed her children. Now he's got him on his on his, on his no, back. No, no, Circle him. You can't die yet. And Tyrion, it, oh the no. And Tim says no, not how I met your mother. The the he's still recovering from this scene. And yeah, this is this was a big one. This was they set up the Viper such a loved character at this point, and him winning this fight. Anyone who didn't know this was coming is such an, such an emotional moment. I was watching this with someone who didn't know it was coming, and she got teary. Like I even got teary eyed. I knew it was coming. No matter how many times I hear this or listen to this, I get goosebumps and go fucking nuts about about yeah. what's about to happen right here. What's about what we're about to listen to. I don't even know if I want to play it. Are you sure you want no, to hear it? It's it's a pretty crazy moment. Do we do we have to? Do, I think we have to do it. We have to do it. We have to just rip the bandaid off here, Joe. 
Say her name. Just kill him. I'm just, I'm living through it, Tyrion it's right now. It's such a TV moment. It's such a TV moment. We've seen the bad guy do this to a hundred good guy, a thousand, a million good guys in a million movies. I'm going to explain to you everything before I kill you. And then I'm going to have my henchmen take you down a, a, a pathway and kill you <laughs> where I can't see it. And trust that he will do a good job. And Bye. Th and then I'm going to rape you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? No. Come on. You just kill him. You don't have to talk to him. You don't have to do that. Just kill the motherfucker. And you're just living through Tyrion and Jamie's perspective in this scene, watching it back as I was recording it. You're you're just like looking at like Tyrion and Jamie are both just looking at the kill. Just what'd you do? You, what do you do? You just just fucking kill. Just kill, just keep fucking kill him. Right. And, and I I think there's a big part of uh of Jamie who's also uh, everybody everybody who's looking at this moment. And not a single person in the history of Westeros would have thought that even Oberon Martell, one of the best warriors in the land, that anybody is going to fight the mountain and win. Period. Yeah, not to mention, like, own him. Right. And here we go. Have him on his back in such a short time with taking such little damage himself. The Red Wedding, uh, Ren Redwood, the Red Wedding and the shanking of the unborn baby in this. What a shock. Yeah. Here. The unborn baby. And uh, in the uh, in the red wedding, at the oh, wedding right, right, when right, when right, they right. stab, uh, raped her. You killed. Especially because many uh, even people that read the book uh, didn't expect that to be coming because because ultimately she's not, supposed to be there. she's not whoever. It's a different character, but whoever his wife was not supposed to. Be. I wasn't supposed to be here today. She's like Dante from uh, Clerks. I'm not supposed to be <laughs> at the red wedding. I'm not supposed to be. That's her last thought. Okay, here we we got to do it. We're just stalling. Say her name. Elia Martel, you raped her. No, I don't want to. You killed her children. No, don't do it. Elia Martel, who gave you the order? Wait, 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 wait. Who gave you the? I gotta beg the Cisco. Cisco, you're a god. Cisco, please, please, Captain, please, Captain, save her. Say it. No, no, he, he can't nothing. save. Him. He can't None save him. The order. Say her name. You raped her. You murdered her. You killed her children. Say it. Say her name. Say it! Oh no. Oh no. That, 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 that sound you just heard was his teeth rolling across this concrete. And it was also the collective cries of most of America in Europe watching that. The tears hitting the, the floor. The tears hitting the floor. I'm it's sorry. Again. I'm sorry. And Australia and uh, and all of Asia and Africa that watch Game of Thrones as well. I'm sorry to leave anybody out. And, and if there's any people in Antarctica watching Game of Thrones, which I'm sure there's a few. Let's listen to it one more time. Elia Martel. I killed her children. And I raped her. That's his head popping. <laughs> That's his head popping like a <laughs> like a like a teenager popping a zit or a water balloon. Bam! And that's his Red Viper's paramour screaming in the background. It's just so hard seeing a character like him have something like that happen to him. It's it brought back it really. It they did such a good job of it capturing the feeling from season one when oh, ned stark star. loses yes. his head like they they had one season to beloved us to this character 
less, I think. He wasn't in that much of the season. No, no. I want, we kept few, saying we wanted more of him. Right. He had a few really key scenes, and that's all he needed to talk with uh, – couple of talks with Tyrion, that one in the dungeon. Like, yes, they've told us who you are. <laughs> and, you know, it just, the few scenes that it took for this actor and Tyrion, you know, to, uh, and Dinklage, to, to get this man into our hearts, this character into our hearts, of course, with the writing and the screenplay and all this shit. But it really captured that moment, that moment that Ned Stark lost his head. Yeah. Was, very much so mimicked, not mimicked, because this had its own complete yeah, horrific feel to it. Absolutely. T- Tim adds, I think I know how Obi-Wan felt when Alderaan blew up. Yeah, when he says, I, f- I suddenly feel the cries of uh, thousands of people. Right. Exactly. Or millions of people. Million, a million dollars. It's as though the cries of a million people all rang out and then suddenly ended at once. Yep. Something along those lines. And then have they told you who I am? Yes, they've, we've told you who you are. <laughs> yes, Red Viper, we know it. Have they told you who I am? Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, buddy. Goodbye. Bye-bye, and, Oberon. And Oberon Kenobi. So I guess were we... I guess our number one moment was kind of a sad moment, too. Yeah, no, but it was it, as sad as that moment was. And I knew it was coming. Me too, I dude. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, too. It, just like the Purple Wedding, I knew it was coming. But this was just so much worse. The they they did such a great job with their characters, these actors that and for the most part, I didn't know how I felt about the mountain, this third version of the mountain uh, that they've changed so many times. But at the end, when they finally had this guy squish over his head, I was OK, great. This actor's fine. He's perfect. Yeah, He's perfect. He's just perfect. It was okay. Everything was made okay. I'm glad they went through three actors to get to this guy. He's a beast. He's a freaking tree and a bear made it and came in this redwood and a bear made it and out came him. Yeah. Why wasn't he the mountain in the first place? He he was was incredible Uh, because it wouldn't have been believable for him to lose earlier in the uh, back in season one. Any kind of fight. Anyway. I don't. I don't even think Quiburn can fix this. No, definitely not. No, there's no fixing what happened to Oberon. There's no fixing dealing with this um, immense emotional situation at number one. It was. It was a horrible but incredibly awesome situation. I agree, Joe. I knew it was coming. I knew this was coming. I knew the Red Wedding was coming. This. It's. It's hard to say this, but this was even more intense for me. I. I didn't know. The Ned Stark thing was coming. That, I remember the very first time I saw that, because I watched the first season before I went back and listened to all the books and stuff and caught up. But, so I didn't know the Ned Stark thing was coming. I was surprised by that. I thought, I thought it was like, I thought it was fake. I didn't think it was real. I was like, this, too, I was like, I, I, they didn't I do this. I bought HBO so I could watch that actor, uh, 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 Sean, Bean. Sh- Sean Bean, for seven or eight years, do this fantasy thing. Oh, yes, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Boom, he's dead. Dead, just like that. Oh yes, and I'm sorry. Red Renwood's correct. I think my line about uh, I just felt a thousand people die is a Spock line from somewhere in Star Trek. I'm, I'm sure it might be both. It might be. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't doubt it. I mix my sci-fi. I do have. I do have the cast of Deep Space Nine right behind me. So uh, I've Star Trek's always on the mind. Obviously, you want to get to a couple of other people that uh, sent some of their picks in. 
let's uh let's let's get to a few people that uh that have a couple of their own picks. We yeah. have uh we have our friend William who I wrote an email back to uh William. So uh uh Joe and I would absolutely like, directly like to say thank you for your email. It meant a ton to us reading that and uh and uh, you should have gotten an email back from me. And yes, dude, awesome. You're, uh, thank you so much. So my top two TV moments, without a doubt, would have to be the Rick Grimes neck bite in the season finale of The Walking Dead. It was absolutely brutal. And my girlfriend, me and my girlfriend were shouting and screaming at the TV. And I seriously couldn't believe it, what I was watching. The fact that it was Jacob Hale from Sons of Anarchy made it all the more sweet. And the second to me would be the Oberon Martell and the Mountain squared off against each other in the latest season of Game of Thrones. The build-up to it. Yep, great picks. The build-up was very tense and not having read the books, and needless to say, I was absolutely destroyed when Oberon's skull got caved in and his brain matter was laying all over the ground. Excellently graphic, my friend. Uh, I literally could not believe what I had watched and felt a grave sense of injustice. Should I expect anything else when dealing with Game of Thrones? Not when expecting, no. George Martin, you should only expect injustice from this point out. That's it. My favorite moment of that scene isn't his eyes getting smushed in, isn't his head popping, which were both brilliant. I really loved the fact that he, when he, he knocks him down and he like lays him down basically flat on top of him. Uh, uh, next to next to the mountain, both of them on their back, and he just kind of reaches out with one hand and lifts Oberon's entire body up over him and punches him in the face, and all his teeth come flying across the stones where they're fighting, <laughs> and you can hear it in the sound clip. I'm so glad I heard it. <laughs> you can see it in the a, a string of pearls. I was rolling the dice, yep. rolling them bones or something. You know, it was just ah oh, to. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It was one punch. He didn't even, he was probably already dead at that, but he's definitely knocked out, you know, like out cold. And it's completely caved in his face with that one punch. It's amazing how people's, uh, people's description of this is very similar from two different people. Another comment that we got is from our good friend, Ren Renwood. It's a tie between the mind blowing brain exploding all over the mountain in the courtroom drama where the little guy gets screwed over by the bald guy (laughs) who powders his face. Wait, the bald guy who powders his face and smells like lilacs an old guy with sagging skin who bonks kitchen maids and whose room is a prisoner's uh, a poisoner's paradise a guy who prances around in a white cloak and gets his jollies off by hitting defenseless girls in a whore that has a necklace of gold of gold hands but no heart <laughs> thank you ren for an awesome comment yes <laughs> thank you for your picks we also have a couple of audio picks um Let's listen first from a friend of mine named Jeff. These are a little quiet because sometimes when you get friends in front of a mic that aren't used to it, they're like, they talk very quietly. Yeah, he's a drummer. Oh, no, no. Keyboard player. Keyboard player. Other other Jeff. So here we go. His his pick for his favorite show or favorite moment of 2014. Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra. Was it like an anime? It is a uh, spinoff to Avatar The Last Airbender. Ah, okay. Interesting. uh, Avatar reincarnated as Korra, a very strong female role. Mm-hmm. You like strong female roles, oh, right? Oh, yes, I do love strong female roles. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like dressing up like a strong female sometimes. 
for a role I'll put on. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm not going to torture you with too much podcasting here. He was feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't want to give away too many spoilers about the show, but there was a huge thing is it a penis doing the the strong woman? Is no, it's it is the it a huge? Of that, actually. Ooh, it's a giant vagina. Yeah, scissoring. Something. Some of my earliest memories of anime, and it's kind of hard. Uh, Joe, you'll relate to this. Oh, kind of hard. It's getting hard now, but it's kind of hard to <laughs> to uh, separate my mind from it. Is like those animes about like the giant penis snake thing that infects yeah. the towns. Yeah, I think you should. Be I think I. I, I mean, I think we actually did that one night on the town, but <laughs> no. no, no. But I did show that to you, uh, and I'm going to go show you that in the other room. Well, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate your input. Bye. So that's Jeff. Uh, Legend of Korra it was his pick. A, uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the anime back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s and stuff. Was- yeah, it's much, be- it's much better now. That's, that's a subsection of it. There, there's been wonderful high roads. And if you're interested in that stuff, definitely check out my uh, brother at the Boston Bass Brigade in King Baby Duck. He does a lot of anime stuff and definitely a lot of great stuff. I go to Anime Boston every year as for issues program and report on it. It's, it's a good time. Really awesome people. I love supporting supporting it, even though it's a medium that I'm not too into. I respect that it's an art form and there's a lot of cool stuff going into it. So that was Jeff's pick of uh, the leg- of whatever he said. <laughs> whatever he said. <laughs> whatever that pick whatever, whatever shit he was talking about. So the next person I'd like to put up is a little bit of a, a, a group together of some of my family members and picks that I had at a uh, holiday party the other night that, funny enough, we got into it and we talked for a really long time. So there was a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. This is a very quick clip of some of the highlights of some of the moments of, of, of them answering the question, but it got very much expanded. And uh, that's going to be put out as a separate podcast. It's enough that I'm going to put out one more podcast before the end of the year. I don't. I haven't decided if I'm going to put it on YouTube. Um, even if it is, it's going to be like a no video, like a static picture with just the audio. But it is going to be on iTunes where in the description below of this video, you can subscribe to the iTunes feed to get audio versions of all our podcasts that come out. It's like a general one to get everything. We also have specific feeds for specific shows, but this is the general one that you'll get all our podcasts and this will be released as an audio only thing some interactions i'm having with my family i'm also bringing a audio recorder down to the casino that i'm going tomorrow night on christmas eve with my family to record some hijinks as well so it'll be a big giant end of the year podcast for when the fifth casinos yes i am very very excited about that so let me play some audio of some of my family's picks here we go oranges and new black is good I, you know something? It's been so long, I can't even remember. Yeah. Like, I got to rewatch the second... Is it the second season that was the last one? Yeah, I think it was the That was my cousin Craig, who who mentioned... It was tough to get an answer out of him about what his favorite TV shows. He said he's watched a lot of stuff, but it's hard for him to remember because he watched a lot of Orange is the New Black earlier well, in the year. He, doesn't, he didn't have a cable for a long time, too, so it was... Basically all Netflix and on-demand stuff. So right. He's a very... We get 2014 season could be basically the entire run, seven seasons Absolutely. or whatever. And we get into so. that a lot more in the more detailed podcast version with Craig, where I talk to him at more details about him. And Craig, Pete, my cousin Peter, and myself, and my cousin Gotti, who is going to be joining Joe and I occasionally. And as he comes, or Joe will be joining Gotti, and I, however you want to say it. Uh, to talk a little bit of uh, Better Call Saul uh, when that comes out in February, we're gonna might get a little we're gonna get a little three way going on here on the Google Hangout, and uh, it's gonna get a little hectic at times, but it's gonna be a little fun. 
and uh, we're going to talk about uh, talk about some Better Call Saul. Uh, he was there as well, and we had a discussion about Soprano and Breaking Bad. So that's another thing you can look forward to on that podcast if you're interested in that. So here we go. Here's some more of my family members and their thoughts. Actually, this next person is Craig's uh, girlfriend, Nikki. The culmination, the finish of Sons of Anarchy. I, I would have to say it was the whole season. It, it couldn't really be one episode, really, because everything... Yes, there could. All the storylines, everything really came together in season seven. Yeah. So it's not like one episode was really better than the other. The way That's everything true. played out. Scenes that were better than other I scenes, but say I no particular I'm, episode. Not they were really all happy just, with, but I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm, I don't really see it ending any other way. Now we get into, I get the, into a lot more depth with Nikki as well about Sons of Anarchy and her opinions on it. And I, I tend to more agree with you, Joe, that there were highlights and low points uh, for this season. And I think it hit very strong at the end. But I see what Nikki's saying, too, in the sense of what we talked about a lot last year, about how season, uh, last season wasn't strong to us and this season was a big pickup. Uh, and, and they really kind of had last a good... Last season almost made me quit. Last season did. Yeah, I know it did. Through this season, or watched this season, was because I knew it was the end. If they were like, oh, we got picked up for three more seasons, I probably would have been like, okay, no, I'm done. Because last season was that was bad was that bad enough, you know that, you know, even when Clay died, I was like, oh, that was like a season and a half too late as far as I was. <laughs> no, I like think I dragged him down like I. There was a couple of deaths on Sons of Anarchy that were like, this is way too. They they dragged this out way too long. Right. I would have liked to have seen Clay leave a lot earlier in the series and developed Jax as president a little more. You know, there's a, a couple of things. There was only one real biker party in season one. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean you saw it a little, you saw a little bit of it, but more like you'd seen it once. So you didn't need to see it again. I think is how no, they handled it. You do it. need to see it again. You do. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you do. So as, as Joe and I, as Joe and I mentioned, we're going to do a whole Sons of Anarchy series. I ordered the book, the companion series that goes with the uh, companion book that goes with the series. And we're going to do a lot of in-depth Sons of Anarchy looking and a lot of uh, what's, what's the word? Monday morning quarterbacking about Sons of Anarchy to keep that, keep our thoughts alive. Next up on this list is someone else I talked to at great length. Uh, on the other recording that you're going to hear is my cousin, Emily, who ended up being very good on the podcast. I was very surprised. Not that I didn't expect her to be good, but she had a lot of good stuff to say, uh, especially about the How I Met Your Mother ending that is you're not going to hear right now. Uh, we'll be on the other podcast, but uh, but here's Emily. Well, I think like, I mean, for me, being obsessed with, you know, Shonda Rhimes show, like the scandal. Like, okay. I, honestly, I was surprised scandal. by How to Get Away with Murder, but liking it more than I like Scandal. No, I have a question. So yeah, I, I get into it deeply with her, but it, it, we go on a tangent very quickly after that, so I couldn't really keep, keep that going. That's an aspect of our TV viewership. I mean, you kind of like, I mean, someone who has a 90210 both generation background, <laughs> I'm surprised you're not a little bit more into Scandal and... Uh, I get into that with her a little bit about... Was, uh, what was that other one? Like uh, the, the... Pretty Little Liars or something? Not there was no the one that was all about um revenge it was revenge wasn't it? revenge i think it's the one that's all about revenge. i think it's called revenge <laughs> like i was i was kind of surprised i haven't heard you mention those two shows no i i haven't really been hooked i like if i i like my melodrama 
it's it's hard to say. I like my melodrama better when it's focused on teenage melodrama. I don't. I find once it gets too adult, once you're adult. You're just a little fucking idiot. It yeah. It just becomes so too soap opery for me. I, I find when you're dealing with high school drama. Or if high, you're in high school and you behave like that, that's okay. If you're an adult and you behave like that, you have a serious personality disorder and you need to seek help. Uh, we we have Ren Runwood saying, "I know it's there's not, yeah, it's not entertaining and people are going to get really hurt." <laughs> Ren Renwood asks, uh, "I know there's a lot of good shows out there, but I would love to see you guys do South Park. I would definitely not mind talking about some South Park." The see no, I, I oh, wait. There's a she has a couple. She has a couple more choices. Uh, South Park, uh, South Park, Vikings, and I can't wait to Vikings. see. Oh my god! I've been begging you to start watching that show forever, Phil. And uh, the, the guy who plays the I've said this before. The, and I want everybody out there in, in YouTube land to hear this. The guy who plays the lead in Vikings should have been Jax Teller. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll pass judgment. Vikings okay. is on my list. It's on my he list. He should have been if he was Jax. You there's no. Oh, the tough guy. <laughs> that weird freaking, yeah, that gangster strut. With the, no, no, no. The, the guy and, that plays the lead on Vikings should have played Jax Teller. Oh, and as, as, yes. as for South Park, I would absolutely love to do something about South Park. We'll try, Joe and I will talk about it to try to figure out some, something because I still definitely watch. Uh, South Park. Oh, man, it's a spadoinkle day. <laughs> yeah, we, we we go back. And Tim, actually, who's out there, dates back with me with my South Park love and someone I used to talk to South about South Park a lot. And Tim, that might be a good opportunity, as I know uh, you've joined me on the podcast a long time ago, but a few times here and there. Maybe we can get Tim to call in and be a part of if we did anything South Park oriented. So I, I would have to say, as far as South Park goes, I like the stuff that. Parker and Stone do a lot more. The other stuff they do, I like a lot more than I like their South Park. There's episodes and there's scenes and episodes that I think are brilliant. Dude, it's brilliant. But I think there's there's definitely you got to pick those out out of a season. You know, it's okay. Fair fair enough. And the, and the whole concept is brilliant, and and they are brilliant uh, producers and writers and comedians and everything. But I like a lot of their movies, right back to their college days. Uh, yeah, Orgasmo, yeah. Cannibal. Orgasmo, uh, Cannibal, right back to team, team America. Even though, team base, America. even though basketball is a Zucker movie with their influence, they, were, they, they just stamped all over that. And I think when you were talking about Vikings, because we're on tape, de- tape delay, Tim says Joe is spot on with the con- comparison he was saying about the Vikings, about when you're talking about Vikings. Thank you. Okay, good. I think that's, good. that's the first. I've said that to a bunch of people who are uh, both fans of both shows or fans of one and not the other. And I get a lot of the same reaction that Phil gave me, but I, it's good to see. Yeah, I, Katie agrees with me too. I haven't watched it, so it's not fair fair for me to, co- to comment yet. Judgment, but I really think I think you would really like Vikings. No, it I seems like it seems like something I would like. It's, it's definitely up. Uh, th- that and that other show you're trying to get me to watch uh, uh, are two shows I know I'll probably like when I do watch them. What's the other one? The Showtime one, the Mob Showtime one, w- with Wolf with uh, Sabretooth. Oh, Ray Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan, you try oh, to get me to watch. So good. Okay, so let's get to a couple of more, a uh, couple more family picks. Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, that was Ray Donovan. I wait. Oh. <laughs> One second, man. Here we go. I have a question. 
I can't believe Ray Donovan didn't make my my top. There was something there that. I, you know, I really, oh. Got Parks and Recreation. Oh, interesting. Interesting, funny show. Yeah, Parks and Recreation. That was the. That ended this. And. It ended um, really well. That's what he's getting into right now. Ooh. And I'm thinking this might work. Who is that? That's Gotti. That is Gotti. Okay. He's he basically he said he's real quiet there. He gets louder later. He said he's been watching Parks and Rec. They did something at the end of the season where they're gonna do a time jump, and he thinks it's gonna be something that's gonna work really well. Nice. And uh, Ren Redwood asks, Joe, not a Mr. Hanky fan? Question mark. Uh, you know that. It's not that I'm not a Mr. Hanky fan. Who, Mr. Hanky, like, the Christmas who like poo. A, a dancing happy yeah, piece of poo. Yeah. I'm more of a towel fan than a Mr. Hanky fan, but. <laughs> to more ta- ta- I'm smoking some weed and towel. My favorite Mr. Hanky thing is the real life commercial that they did in the first Mr. Hanky episode yes, where like the, yes. the Mr. Hanky at homes kit and then and randomly one of the kids go. things they do that are brilliant. Mommy, then- I miss daddy. Or, you know, she just, he, the one the kid says at one point, like, mommy, I wish daddy did that. Can you laugh at Terrence and Philip Farton? Oh, a thousand times, man. I know. Yeah, apparently some people can. I really can't. I mean, I can laugh at myself farting a million Have times. The, when was I just when I when was the last time you watched a new South Park episode? Um, I I try to watch every now and then. I'll put it on for five or ten minutes, but it's been a while since I sat through a, a full South Park episode. Like I said, they're definitely episodes. People, when you dude, they did a magic episode this season. Raping, raping Harrison Ford episode, dude. They did to watch it. Dude, they did like a magic episode this year that was fucking hilarious. I think you. I think I watched some of that. There's also like a. The cynical, cynical bastard episode. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they do some funny ass shit. He, they, I don't know. Anyways, we'll talk about South Park on a later date. Here comes, I believe. It just sounds like shit, man. Everything. I believe the next person is my cousin Pete. I think. How are you? I'm doing. Oh great. no, it's my. This is my. This is my auntie Ellen. My auntie Ellen had something oh. she wanted to add to the list, and I don't want to talk too much about this, but she had. She had something she wanted to add. So what was your favorite moment of 2014? It really wasn't, it wasn't my favorite, but it was my biggest shock. What's that? Bill Cosby. That, that really uh, shocked It really you? bothered me. Did you stop eating Jell-O pudding? <laughs> yes, I did. Would, would, you, would, would, you, would you stop eating Jell-O? Did Bill Cosby try to give you a drink at any point in time in your life? No, not mine. Good. But I'm glad. But to my son. And they thought it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the Cosby show. I was a big fan. Do you fan. remember when they, he talked to them when they were 40s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe you're, you're lucky he didn't uh, lucky go, didn't go them. You're lucky he didn't go that way. I'm mean, lucky Craig didn't have long hair at the time. That's correct. It could have been a bad situation. So that was... <laughs> that was a short window that Craig had long hair. Yeah, it was. And, he, and actually, it's funny that Craig, uh, Craig and Alan both, uh, both uh, went to go see Bill Cosby like last year at stand-up comedy. And he like talked. He t- he talked to you them know, and stuff. I thought about putting. Uh, Oranges in the know, black. I thought about putting non-TV Dude, moments, you like show moments, and I thought about saying, you know, that whole Malaysia air flight yeah. coveted TV everywhere, covered TV everywhere for so long. Yeah, yeah, it did. I I, I almost for I almost forgot about that. Sorry, I was trying to fast forward a little bit past the end of my aunt. That's right. So there was definitely a couple of news stories that were worthy of. Uh, of maybe mentioning for top TV moments, but those aren't really TV moments. No, so no, much no. Those are news moments or, or you know, cultural events. In re- in retrospect, uh, my aunt 
called me and said she wished she said uh, she picked something else like The Voice or one of the TV sh reality shows she picked. She said it was just the first thing that came to mind when I asked her the question. I was just dragging my family members out from the hallway into my office and being like, record with me for two seconds. There you go. Get get on the mic. So it was you just... Know, the, that's cool. I mean, that's cool. I, I totally had the feeling like I really wanted to put like the Malaysian, disappeared Malaysian flight in there. Just because, you know, every time you went by a news station, they were talking about it and they were talking about how they found something that they don't know what it is and it could or could not be something from the flight. <laughs> nope. It isn't. You know, and it's just over and over and over again. Breaking news. We found a piece of trash in the ocean. <laughs> There's more shit floating in the ocean than. Yeah, someone, someone that doesn't have plumbing's toilet. <laughs> right. You know, like, it's, it's just, it was really, it was a bit ridiculous. And I think the whole world came away from that thinking that there was a Winnebago that hasn't emptied. And I don't know. I'm starting yeah. thinking of, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I like the Cosby. You, you're lucky he's that way. I'm a woman of, uh, yes. Okay. Let's fast forward. Really, that's, that's the thing I feel the most charged. We get into talking about how we feel. The most shocking thing about the Cosby thing is that Janice, whatever the hell her name Dickinson. is. Is the, Janice Dickinson. Janice Dickinson. Dickinson. Janice Dickinson. Dickinson. That he dick Dickinson. That, ah, ah, ah. Gross. Gross. I mean, you would have to, you would have to drug her with roofies to be able to get, to get there. It, just to shut her fucking mouth. Oh my God. Joe, not with, uh, I wouldn't do her with your dick with Katie pushing. I wouldn't do her either. Pure, that's my point. Like, and here's the thing. I know I just. Katie, you, you're not pushing. <laughs> joke and i wouldn't give rubies to anybody but oh joe joe if you is, is oh, if, but she still probably had the same mouth joe do we have to be careful for you is there a roofie conspiracy coming out later only you, only you baby okay good good and last but not not least we got my cousin pete so let's listen to my cousin pete here he is. I mean, it's weird. The first thing that pops up is kind of outside the box. No, let's let's hear. Like one air, interesting. I've heard a lot of good things about air. Yeah. Think, I'm worried a little bit of the CW ness on it. That stinks a little bit of CW. It it still stinks the CW. Oh, yeah, it's okay. got that melody. I'll tell you in a second one. Moments where you know someone looks off into the oh. distance and they go to a commercial break. He said arrow is the first thing that came to his mind. See, I, I, I got into, I watched Flash. I watched the season of Flash. I've always, always been a big Flash fan. But, uh, like, it's bad TV. It's worse than 24. But <laughs> I watched the whole season, and I liked it. <laughs> like, I, I, I wanted to mention. able to get into Arrow because it's bad TV. It, to me, it's bad TV. Uh, Stephanie also wanted to add her, her pick might be in Gotham. Uh, finding out the Penguins' true plan in that episode where we find that the Penguins really been in on it with Falcone. She's very much engaged with Gotham. Gotham's her favorite show. I really year. loved, I liked, really, I liked the Gotham season a lot. I uh, don't think there was any moments in it that were big enough to be top 10 moments of TV. I agree. I thought about putting the, uh, when everybody, when all the cops abandoned, abandoned um, Jimmy Gordon. There. When, uh, yeah, Jim Gordon. Gordon in the in the police station to fight um Psycho Boy, whatever the fuck his name is, I can't remember. Oh, so we did it, Joe. We made Zaza. it. We made it through our list. We made it through our top moments of 2014. It's it's. I, I feel good. I feel like I uh, birthed a, a, a list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. 
Oh, so yeah, everybody have a very, very happy holiday. Have a happy Christmas or happy last night of Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever the hell yes. you celebrate. And happy holidays. Happy New Year. And uh, Joe and I will be back after the New Year to do some more episodes here and there. Who knows? We may be out we'll be back in February for sure for uh... for Better Call Saul. Walking Dead's coming back. Gotham's coming back. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit more, a few more video games things. We also, Joe and I, now that we've both played it, we're very much due, and maybe we can fit this in next week sometime if we have time. We both, we should do an episode recap of the first episode of the Game of Thrones video game. Oh, I would love to. No. How do we do we'll this? We need to, to talk we'll about have it. To write, uh, we have to go through all of the decisions. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be difficult. We might, you and me will talk about that off off uh, camera, whether we want to do it as one big whole thing when it's over or do it each chapter reviews. But we'll, we'll talk about that more as time goes on. But everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It's a little different, but we're going to do more things like this as time goes on. And please check into the website, issuesprogram.com. You can follow all of our podcasts there and you can subscribe to our iTunes feed in the description below. If you've made it this far in the video and you haven't subscribed yet, what's wrong? Just subscribe. It's okay. It won't hurt you. Hit the subscribe button. It, it'll feel good after you do it. We really, we really appreciate that. Yeah, the first time's free. We'll, we'll only make you pay afterwards and, uh, and it's only 10 cents a minute after that. So <laughs> no, but everybody, we really appreciate all your because this will be the last live podcast probably of the year. Uh, maybe New Year's Eve I might go on, depending on what's going on New Year's Eve. I might do like a, uh, since I have no life, I might do a New Year's Eve mini broadcast or something. Who knows? That's not a definite. That's a possibility. Anyways, folks, have a great New Year and a happy Christmas. Wish me luck at the casino. Hopefully I won't lose everything, Joe. Yeah, definitely. Good luck. Thank you, my friend. I will talk to you guys soon. Have a good night.